You know, over the last few weeks as we've been going through this series called God Talk, we've covered a lot of ground together. We've talked about all these different ways that God speaks to people. And we've also been hearing some really great stories about how some of you have learned to hear God's voice in your lives in some situations that really matter, where it's really important that you hear His voice. But you know, even as I say that, there are so many people in our world today who have not figured that out. There are so many people who don't know how to distinguish the voice of God from their own thoughts and their own feelings that go through their minds at any given time, right? I mean, take, for instance, this guy I just heard of a few days ago, this tow truck driver from North Carolina. Have any of you heard about this story? It's been all over, it actually went on national news just a few days ago. There was this woman who was stranded on the side of a busy interstate in North Carolina. Um, she was disabled. She had arthritis and Crohn's disease and a few other health issues. She called for help, called this tow truck company. They sent out a tow truck driver to help. And just as he was getting ready to help, he drove up behind the car and noticed that she had a Bernie 2016 bumper sticker on the back of her car. And so he said to the press that as he saw this bumper sticker, the Lord came over him and told him to follow his principles and his political leanings and leave her on the side of the road and advise her to go get the, have the government give her a tow. Apparently, God forgot to let this guy know that she was disabled because as the press told this to this guy later that she had been disabled, he said, well, if I would have known that, then I wouldn't have left her on the side of the road. I still wouldn't have given her a tow. I would have waited for someone else to do that. But I would have at least done the nice Christian thing and sat on the side of the road until someone arrived. Boy, oh boy. I get For those of you who know the Good Samaritan story really well, evidently, I, don't, I didn't know it, but there's a, there must be an exemption clause in there for liberals that I didn't know about. Now, if, if, he would have been a, a, if, if this would have been a Donald Trump supporter, that would have been a whole different story, right? Or a Hillary Clinton supporter, but, you know, oh well. Well, and, you know, it's, I share that because it's, it's stuff like that that can make any of us question, really, who hears from God and who doesn't, right? We, sometimes we even question if we're hearing God ourselves. There are times, though, with each one of us when we just know that God is speaking, and those things give us comfort and hope as we realize that God can and does speak to us, and we have the capacity to listen. At any given moment of any given day, there are thoughts that are going through our minds, and sometimes it's clear that those thoughts are coming from God. Sometimes those thoughts are just our our own. They're things that we've come up with on our own. Sometimes those voices that we hear are the thoughts and the impressions that other people are leaving in our minds to try to convince us to do something that they want us to do, to try to steer our lives. And the Bible actually even says that there is a, this tempting voice of evil that can try to deceive us into doing things that will hurt us, that will hurt others, and it will even pull us away, that will distance us from God. Most of the time, those of us who are followers of Jesus, we do a pretty good job of being able to distinguish between all, among all those voices, right? In fact, John chapter 10, Jesus said that he gives us the ability to hear his voice and to know his voice. He actually calls us sheep as followers of Jesus. And he says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow it and they don't follow a voice of another. And oftentimes we know that. I mean, when, when we have thoughts going through our minds, we're able to distinguish that's of God, that's not of God, right? But this is what I want to talk about this morning. There are those times when it's not that easy to tell right? There are those times when it's really hard to discern, is, is this God that's saying this to me or is it just me? 
Is this God that's speaking to me or is this the influence of my husband or my wife and all the things that they keep saying to me, right? Sometimes it's really hard to tell. Particularly when we're at the cusp of making major life decisions. You know, in those moments when we're getting ready to make a major life decision, we really want to know the voice of God, right? We want to know what God is saying to us. But sometimes, because we're so close to the situation, it's hard to tell. Like, whether or not to marry, or to continue on with a relationship, or to walk away from it. To have an aging parent come and live with you, or to live with a relative, or to be placed in a treatment facility, a special care facility. Sometimes we sense that God is calling us to, to step up and volunteer in some significant way and we really want to make sure we hear God's voice because we realize in those moments that we're, just as we're giving, we're also giving something up. We're giving up of our time. We're, sometimes it's a sacrifice not only for ourselves but our families. And we really want to hear from God. Sometimes it's a move that we're considering making or a job change or a career change, right? And in those moments... For those of us who follow Christ, what we want more than anything else is to just know what God wants for us, right? But sometimes it's just really hard to tell. This morning, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about those tough calls that we sometimes have to make, where we have to discern, God, is this really you that's talking to me about this, or is it just me? I want to encourage you to turn with me, if you have your Bibles with you, to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to be looking at the story of, in 1 Samuel 3 of this young boy named Samuel and his mentor named Eli. As you're turning there, let me share with you what we're going to see today. This is going to be a really super simple, super practical message. What I want you to see today from this passage is how to be able to discern the voice of God in tough times with two simple qualities that we can have in our lives. Two simple things that you need to walk away with this morning. And that is this. To hear God's voice in your life, to know what God is saying to you, we simply need to be diligent and we need to have receptive hearts toward God. We need to be diligent that we're listening to God's voice, but we also need to be receptive to hearing whatever it is that He wants to say to us, whether we want to hear exactly what He wants to say or not. 1 Samuel chapter 3, let's look at verse 1 for a moment. It says this, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. Now it's interesting to me that this is how this passage starts. It's, saying, it's, it's starting off this, actually this chapter by saying meanwhile, which means that we, it's probably something we should know from the chapter before. What we see from chapter 2 is, is that Eli is the, is the high priest. He's the guy in charge of listening to God and telling people what God has to say. And his sons are also priests in the temple. And they have been rebellious toward God. They have been running from God. They've been doing some horrible stuff. And God has been saying to Eli, Eli, you need to deal with your kids. You need to do something about this situation. You need to stop your sons from from desecrating, from being blasphemous toward God, but they just kept going and Eli really did nothing about it. In fact, he was an enabler in this situation. But with all of this going on, here is this young boy named Samuel who's living in the temple. He's living there and he is serving this priest named Eli, this high priest, and he's serving God. And in this very first verse in chapter 3, we realize that it's not just Eli who isn't hearing the voice of God anymore but that most people aren't hearing the voice of God anymore. 
This is a time in history where people just aren't hearing God anymore because they don't want to hear God. If you flip a few pages back in your Bibles to the very end line of Judges, which is at this same time in history, this is what it says. It says, all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. They did what was right in their own eyes. That was how they made decisions. They weren't interested in hearing God's voice anymore. They didn't care. And so God wasn't speaking. But yet there's this young boy named Samuel who is different. This boy Samuel, he wants to hear God's voice. And he's willing to do whatever it takes to be able to hear it. Let's see how this story continues in verse 2. It says, One night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Verse 6, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, listen, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And it says, so Samuel went back to bed. Now, notice this setup here. There's this young boy here in this picture named Samuel. And he's staying up at night trying to hear God's presence in the tabernacle. He is in this, this room where uh, most people didn't get, get, weren't able to go. This place where the ark of God rested. And we know from the Old Testament that the presence of God rested on top of this ark at this time in history. It just kind of hung out there. And this is where Samuel wants to be. He wants to be where God's presence is. Eli, on the other hand, he just wants to go to bed. He's an old guy and he just, he's just tired. He just wants to go to bed. And so God starts speaking to, Eli, to Samuel in this moment. Eli, is diligent. Eli isn't diligent to hear the voice of God in his life, even though he is the high priest in charge of listening for God's voice for the entire nation. And what we see from this scripture is Eli hasn't heard God's voice in a really long time. But yet Samuel is there. And Samuel is being diligent to be in God's presence. You know, I think there's a lesson in that. It's possible to be around God's people and be in God's presence spatially yet be far away from God relationally. To serve God, but to not know God. To be around godly people, but to not pursue God yourself. To grow up in the presence of God. To be around church all the time and never hear God's voice. To be a part of a church where God is working and amazing things are happening and people are taking steps closer to Christ on a regular basis, yet nothing might be happening in your own life. With Samuel, notice he decides to say so close to God that if God happens to show up and do anything, Samuel wants to know about it. Yet Eli 
is just in bed. And we see this audible voice where God starts speaking to Samuel. He never heard God's audible voice before. It kind of surprises him. He just assumes it's Eli, right? He thinks it's Eli. And so he runs to Eli over and over again. And finally, after the third time, Eli gets it. He thinks, well, you know, I've been a priest for a long time. Maybe this is actually God saying something. And so he tells Samuel, hey, why don't you just go back again? And next time if you hear this voice, just talk back to it and say, speak, God. And so he goes back to be in God's presence. While what, what does Eli do? He just turns over and goes back to sleep. He reminds me of a passage that we looked at a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember it. It was in Proverbs chapter 2. It says this. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like it's a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. Samuel was diligent to hear God's voice, and he does. Let me ask you this morning, how can you and I be diligent like that to hear the voice of God? What what do we need to do to be diligent like Samuel so that when God wants to speak into our lives, we're ready to hear it? In your programs this morning, I kind of created something that I thought you might appreciate that you can take home with you, you can stick in your Bibles, you know, for long after this series is over. It's called, What If I'm Not Sure?, because, they are, again, there are going to be those times in your life where you're just like, God, is, what are you trying to say to me? And so what I've given you are some of the questions that I ask myself when I'm trying to hear God's voice and I'm just not feeling like I'm quite confident that I'm hearing from Him. One of the first questions I ask myself to make sure that I'm being diligent to hear God's voice is I will ask myself, am I putting myself in a place where I can hear from God? Am I putting myself in a place, like Samuel did here, where I can hear from God? We talked about this a few weeks ago, if you were here in one of our earlier weeks. We talked about the four W's, remember? The four things that we can do to make sure we're being diligent to hear God's voice. We, do you remember what we do? We withdraw. We find space in our lives to just get away from the hecticness, the busyness of our lives, to just be alone with God. We withdraw, and then we worship. We spend time in God's presence we say, God, you know what? There's a lot of things on my mind, but right now all that matters is that I'm with you. All that matters right now is that I'm in your presence. God, I want to hear you speak, and God, I want to show you how much I love you and how much I care for you. So we, we withdraw, we worship, and we wait. Sometimes we wait a few minutes, sometimes we wait quite a while. But we are saying to God in those moments, God, you know, right now, I want to hear, I want to hear your voice more than anything else. More than the voice of the television, more than the voice of my kids, more than the voice of my job, more than all these other voices that are in my life. God, what I want right now is to hear your voice. And so I'm just waiting here until you speak. And then as we wait, we write down the things that we sense that God's saying to us so we don't lose anything that he's saying. Oftentimes I'll ask myself that. Am I putting myself in a place where I can hear God? But I'll also ask myself, am I testing out what I think I'm hearing God say with all the other ways that God has already given me that I can hear his voice? Over these last few weeks, guys, look, we have heard all these different ways that we can hear God's voice through godly counsel, 
through supernatural circumstances, through scripture, through prayer. God speaks in a myriad of different ways to us. And so oftentimes what I'll do is if I'm trying to hear God's voice, I'll go through each one of these and I'll just see if I can hear God speak even more clearly to me through it. Like through scripture, I'll ask myself, what am I hearing right now that is consistent with God's character in the Bible? Does this sound like something God would say to me? Is this going to make me more of a, a closer follower of Jesus if I follow through with this? Will this honor, will this please God? Because Satan's voice and oftentimes my own selfish voice will contradict God in those ways. I'll listen through scripture. I'll also listen through prayer. And oftentimes I'll ask myself, do I sense God's peace about this as I pray about it? Or do I sense this confusion, this chaos in my life, even as I think about what I'm wondering if God's saying or not? Colossians 3 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And his direction, God's direction in our lives gives us peace. There are times when God asks us to do something and it seems scary. There are times when God asks us to do something and we're just kind of freaked out by it. But even in the midst of that, we can sense this peace from God. And some of you know what I'm talking about. This peace of God, that even in the midst of this scary thing that we think God may be saying, and we just trust God in it. And there's this peace that comes from it. And that's that peace of God that comes. There are times when I just sense nothing but chaos and confusion with a decision. And I, as I pray, it doesn't clear. And I just wonder, okay, this must not be God. There's also circumstances. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you're asking, God, please speak to me. I want to make sure I'm hearing your will. And you walk, try to start walking through this door and the door slams shut. And then you go and walk through another door and you feel like that door in your life is slammed shut. There have been times in my life when I, I kind of knew God was saying walk through this door. Have you ever done this? But you walk through every other door first <laughs> just to kind of check them out. Just to make sure you know, those aren't the right ones. And there have been times that God just keeps slamming these doors in my face. And I'm asking myself, God, is that you? Is that you? Is it, and you, it, usually it is. But I, I can get this sense of peace of seeing that God is kind of closing out every other opportunity so that he can just shine a spotlight on this one and say, David, I'm asking you to trust me and to do this. God speaks through circumstances. And lastly, so oftentimes when I'm questioning God, I'll, I'll reach out to godly counsel. I'll reach out to some of you here at Grace that I deeply love and respect who have tremendous walks with God. And I'll say, I had this idea. I think God's speaking to me, but I need to know that this is God before I follow through on it. And I'll ask people to be praying with me and discerning with me. Let me ask you, when, when you're facing those times in your life and you're just wondering, is this God speaking? How many people have you talked to that you know and you trust? who follow God and you trust, who can pray with you and seek out God's will for your life. Victory depends on having many advisors, the Bible says. And plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. You know, testing out what you think you're hearing from God, it really does work. There's this guy that I heard about not too long ago. His name was George Mueller. And... He thought that God might be speaking to him to establish a home for orphans in his local city. It was such a huge undertaking that he was like, I don't want to do this unless I am absolutely convinced that it's God talking to me. And so he spent some time testing out what he thought he had heard from God with every one of these tools that we've been talking about through this series. 
He journaled at one point when he was struggling with this decision and he wrote, I've been praying every day this week concerning the orphan house, entreating the Lord to take away every thought of it if the matter is not of him. And after seeking God and checking out all these other ways to make sure it was God speaking, he then wrote this. He said, I wanted God to show me any hidden corruption in my heart or any other scriptural reason against engaging in it. And he said, the only reason I could not doubt that it was of God for me to begin this work was the numerous responsibilities which I have already. He went to Scripture and he said, God, would you speak to me through Scripture? And God led him to this passage that he didn't know of before, Psalm 81.10, which says, Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. He went to godly counsel and once again, it was confirmed that this is what God's call was on his life. So he committed himself. He said, well, if, if this is what God wants from me, then I'm going to roll up my sleeves and do it. And he started this orphanage. And then he started another one. And then he started another one. Fascinating story, this guy. In fact, in your online sermon notes today at gracetucson.org slash Bible, I give you this outline of his life. You would enjoy reading the stuff that God did in and through this man's life as he was obedient to discern God's voice. By the time his life was over, he had housed and cared for more than 10,000 orphans without ever raising a single penny himself. God provided. He was also able to start 117 schools after that, giving Christian education to over 120,000 children. Be diligent. Be diligent to hear the voice of God. Because, here, guys, here's the deal. When you're diligent to hear God's voice in your life and you follow through with what you feel like you're hearing God say, there's going to come those times, trust me, there's going to come those times when things aren't going to go according to plan. When things are going to get difficult and everything in you is going to want to question and say, was that really God? But in that moment, if, you're di- if those moments before, if you had been diligent to hear God's voice to the point that you just know God is speaking, then even when it gets difficult, even when times get tough, you're going to realize, hey, this is just trials coming my way. I just need to press in harder and push through because I know what God has for me. That's what George Mueller did. And it made a world of difference. Let's look back at this story. So we not only see how we're to be diligent, but we're also to be receptive. Let's look at it one more time. 1 Samuel 3, verse 10. It says, And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. You see here in this moment, Samuel is so receptive to hear God's voice, wanting to hear what it is that God has to say, and he does. God tells him about all these things that he is about to do in the family of Eli for their rebellion against God. And what's so wild about this story, if you read this later on today, continue on with this story at the end of chapter 3, what you see starting in verse 15 is that the next morning comes 
Eli wakes up and he's there with Samuel. And he's, Eli says, so did you hear God last night? What did God have to say? And Samuel's like, um, <laughs> well, God told me that he's going to destroy you and your family. <laughs> it just amazes me. And in verse 18, Eli's response is like, okay, whatever. Even in that moment, even as this kid is telling him this, his heart isn't broken. He's not repentant. He's not receptive to change. Samuel, his heart is receptive to whatever God wants for him. But Eli, he's not. He just doesn't care. And so God follows through with his warning in chapter 4. And he raises up Samuel in Eli's place. Samuel was receptive to hear whatever it was that God had to say. But Eli was not. So God spoke directly to Samuel, even as a child, but not to Eli. See, you and I, we can be really diligent to hear the voice of God. We can do all the right things. But if our heart isn't receptive toward God, if our heart isn't open, if it isn't humble, if it isn't broken, if it isn't just exposed before God, like, God, you can say to me whatever you want to say, I'm going to receive it. Sometimes we're diligent, but we don't really want to hear what God has to say because God says something that we don't like, right? But what we see here is that Samuel is both. He's diligent, but he's also receptive. Sometimes we have our own agendas of what we want to do with our lives and the timing of it all, and we just block God out. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, but we do that, right? There's a theologian named Dallas Willard, who said something really neat one time. He said this. He said, perhaps we don't hear the voice of God because we don't expect to hear it. But perhaps we don't expect to hear it because we know that we fully intend to run our lives on our own and never seriously considered anything else. The voice of God would therefore be an unwelcomed intrusion into our own plans. So, We talked about what it looks like, what we can do to make sure we're being diligent toward God, to hear God's voice. But how how can we be receptive? What can we do to make sure that we're being receptive to hear God's voice? There's a few things, again, there in that uh, little flyer that I've given you that I just want to encourage you to think about in those moments. When you're asking yourself, "Am am I in a place where I'm receptive to hearing what God has to say? The first thing that I'll often ask myself is this. Is there something in my life that's blocking me from hearing God right now? Is there something in my life that I've intentionally or unintentionally put there that's keeping me from hearing God? And we talked about this a few weeks ago as well. There's four things that, that I know from Scripture that I ask myself about to make sure I'm not blocking God. Is there any unrepentant sin in my life that I need to just confess to God? Are there any broken relationships in my life that I need to first go and try to heal and try to restore? Is there a lack of faith or trust in my life that I need to kind of press into God and and trust God with more? And the last one we looked at a few weeks ago is, am I just too distracted? Am I too busy to hear God's voice in my life? Because all these things can block us from hearing God's voice. In Eli's life, in this situation, there was this unresolved sin there, right? That was blocking him from hearing God's voice. Second thing that I'll often ask myself is this. And if, I, if, I'm having, if I'm having trouble hearing God's voice, I'll ask myself, what did God tell me to do last? Because sometimes what I've found is God told me to do something before and I haven't done it. And 
there's this amazing scripture in, in the New Testament where Jesus talks about these parables of the talents. And he says, you know, God, when God calls us to do something, we're to be faithful to our master and do what he called us to do last before he entrusts us with more, before he speaks to us further. And so in my life, oftentimes I'll ask myself, what, was, what were the last things that God asked me to do? And have I been running from those? Have I kind of put them off to the side for later? And it's maybe God not speaking to me right now because I haven't been faithful in what he's already called me to do. And the last question I'll ask myself to make sure I'm receptive is this. Do I sense that God's convicting me to trust him? To have more faith in my life with what he's asking of me? Not personal guilt or condemnation. That's not of God. But there are some times in my life when I just feel like God is just convicting me. And he's saying, I need you to trust me on this. Have you ever had that happen in your life? Where you just feel like, it's not like there's a, it's written in the Bible somewhere. You can go to a chapter and verse and say you shouldn't be doing it. But there's just something that you just feel like God's been speaking to you so clearly that you feel like you're sinning because you're not doing it. For me, that has become this, a place where I find clarity from God as I realize, okay, God's really trying to get my attention here in this area. And maybe it's a lack of courage or a lack of trust, a lack of faith in God that's keeping me from hearing from God right now. I'll close with this. There's one other quote I want to share with you from another really wise theologian, and that's my mom. A few weeks ago, I posted on Facebook, when have you unmistakably heard the voice of God? And I asked anybody who wanted to chime in to kind of throw their comments up there, and dozens of people around the country start posting all these different ways that they've heard the voice of God. But the one that got my attention was my mom's comment. And I want to share this with you as I wrap up today. This is what she wrote. She said, when God speaks, there's an inner conviction that confirms to your heart through your faith that it is God himself that has spoken. And then he said, she said, when my son moved to Arizona to go into the ministry, it scared me so much. I knew he was called by God, but he was a Georgia boy and a journalist and he had no training at that time in ministry. God told me, he is in my hands and I will look over him. She said, when he would call home and say, Mom, how do you cook collard greens? <laughs> I did that. Or cornbread or something else. I think, God, poor David, he's going to starve to death. <laughs> but then God provided a wonderful, spicy Peruvian wife for him that would cook far better than his mama. Amen to that. And he brought him through seminary and gave him a wonderful family in Arizona and a loving church in Tucson. She said, what makes me so sure that God spoke to me? I see how God has blessed David in so many ways. Sorry. And I have a peace in my heart, even though there's a big ache from missing him, that David is in God's hands. <sighs> <sighs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean, I've tried to not be emotional about that. <laughs> um, some of you are here today and you're hearing God speak, and it's scary. Some of you are in that place. You're not in that place where you're craving collard greens, although maybe, that, maybe that's the case. That does happen. Trust me. But you're in that place where Samuel was. 
That's what I'm trying to say. You're sensing that God is stirring something in your life. You're sensing that God is trying to talk to you. And everything in you is like, God, just make it clear to me. I don't want to miss it. God, I don't want to screw up like I did before. God, I, I, I want to know what you have to say no matter what it takes. In that moment, just simply ask yourself, am I being diligent? Am I willing to remove any and every obstacle in my way to be with God and to listen to what God has to say? Are you diligent in those moments? And in addition to being diligent, are you receptive? Are you really receptive? To regardless of whatever God has to say, even if he says the thing that you hope he doesn't say, are you receptive? Let me tell you, if you're diligent and you're receptive, you're going to hear the voice of God every single time. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for today and for this series. God, this has been such a good series for each one of us as we've talked about how to hear your voice. Lord, for each one of us, there have been those times in our lives where we just struggle. We just have a difficulty knowing what you're trying to say. God, I thank you that so many of us in this room have been encouraged by hearing you speak in times past. And Lord, those things have kind of reminded us that at any time we can hear your voice. But Lord, forgive us for those moments when we just doubt or we just are confused and we just can't seem to know for certain what you're saying. God, in those moments when we're struggling and we're particularly when we're faced with an important life decision, would you remind us of those two words, diligence and receptiveness? Diligence and receptiveness. And Lord, through those two words, would you help us to see what we need to do to get anything and everything out of the way to hear from you? God, I thank you that we can have confidence to know that we can hear your voice as your people. And for those of you who are here today in the sound of my voice, maybe you're listening online or maybe you're here in this room today and you've never heard God speak to you. Maybe, maybe you've never accepted Christ into your life. I want to encourage you that you can. You can hear God speak to you in your life. And it starts by being receptive to allowing God into your heart. To opening yourself up to God and saying, God, I surrender. I turn the keys of my life over to you. And I ask you to drive the car from now on. If that's you this morning, maybe you've never said yes to God. Or maybe you did a long time ago, but you've just kind of taken the keys back from God. Maybe right now, what God is asking for you is to give the keys back to Him. I want to encourage you, if that's you this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. And just allow God entrance into your life once again. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I confess that I need you. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness because there have been so many times in my life when I have blocked you out and I haven't even wanted to hear what you've had to say. But God, in this moment, I ask that you would forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins, those that I remember and those that I don't even remember anymore. Those ways that I have distanced myself from you. God, I ask that you would forgive me of those things and that you would fill me with your spirit as I confess that you are my Savior and my Lord who came to, a cro- came to earth and died on a cross so that I could live and live abundantly. Live in relationship with you, God. 
And God, that's what I want today. God, I ask not only that you would fill me with your spirit, but that you would begin to change me from the inside out and make me into the man or woman of God that you've called me to be. God, that's what I want. And I thank you that you are entering my life even now as I pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen.